Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, 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 hi. Dave, we're back to the boiling point. We are on a roll, man. This is 2018. We're multiple episodes in. Um, how's everything going with you? You know, last time we were together, we were recording the Boiling Point Process mm. films, which mm-hmm. is going to be released really mm-hmm. soon, or mm-hmm. maybe already has mm-hmm. by the time this airs. Um, that was a fun, that was fun time. That was, uh, um, man, I really appreciated you, you know, like just, you guys got this great set put up and we had uh, get this great um, support from Mike. Yeah, from from Mike, our, one of our filmmakers. Yeah, that was very cool. And uh, and and I'm ex- just excited that we, you know, this is came, went from concept, you know, this idea to, um, you know, to reality. Well, it's uh, it's really cool too because when we talk about what we're trying to do with the Boiling Point process in helping empower other people to find their place of thought leadership, it just reminds me of how many awesome thought leaders we've spoken to on this podcast. One hundred percent. And today's guest is certainly one of them. Ken Otter is uh, is somebody who I can call a friend now that I've only met on the telephone a couple months ago. Uh, the two of us have a love for surfing, Dave. I saw that. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I knew exactly why Ken is on when I read that. <laughs> so, Ken, welcome to The Boiling Point, my friend. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, so Ken, you're calling us from uh, Northern California. Why don't you tell us a, yeah. a little bit about where you're calling from and a little bit about who you are? Okay. Well, let's see. I'm... I'll try to do this succinctly since I'm uh, now 61 years old. Uh, but I've been living in, in a, I made a conscious choice to live north of San Francisco, actually towards the coast, probably as the crow flies about 50 miles uh, northwest. And it's a um, really wonderful community, uh, both of uh, the living world as well as well, four or five generations of people, which is fairly rare in California. Um, uh, we're surrounded by 40,000 acres of uh, national park, and there's the wild ocean, there's the bay, there's a uh, forest, and I live actually in the forest in Inverness, California, and I find um, I'm growing roots here. Uh, when I married my wife uh, 26 years ago, we married the place as well, so we're here to stay, and it's been absolutely a delight to be here because you know, literally an hour from Berkeley, an hour from San Francisco, maybe a little bit more. So I'm able to be in the world, and I certainly travel a lot, but I'm able to come home and uh, feel nourished and um, can enter into the wild waves that are here. Um, And uh, so it's a good rhythm for me because I can be in a place that's very alive and very nurturing and very nourishing. And then I'm going to also make forays into the world to do my work. Well, I think that's really interesting because last week's guest that we had on, we were actually talking about the power of connecting with nature, Ken, and and how grounding that is for us natural beings, us human beings, you know, are of nature, but we've been so disconnected from it. And it's really Mm -hmm. interesting as well when we think about what we do in the business world, um, how focused we are in in growing an economy. 
you know, mm-hmm. to, to support our, ourselves and our families and our community and whatnot. But yeah. the busyness of that seems to be a force that pulls us away from nature. And I know you work very closely with a lot of uh, MBAs and, uh, and, and and different different people in different parts of their educational journey. And you help them right. reconnect you know, or connect business to nature, don't you? With uh, yeah. Yeah, Why don't you tell us yeah. about how, how the surfboard, how the wave, how surfing the wave uh, <laughs> okay. connects to, to your work? Well, um, I mean, that's a huge topic, and I realized it's um, a lot to say about that. But first, I wanted to say that, you know, people are wild systems. Uh, we're wild animals that, um, like any sort of wild animal that gets domesticated, that, that wilderness still lives within our DNA, and it is our sort of natural place. So it doesn't mean that we have to sort of abandon civilization and society in order to be in the wild. I think we can incorporate the wild. Um, in fact, I have a book in me called Wild Incorporated, um, <laughs> which nice. is both uh, uh, what's happened to our world and society, but also in terms of domesticating and, quote, quote taming the wild and um, industrializing it and the pathology that comes from that, but also um, in how we can incorporate more of our sort of natural heritage or nature, wild nature heritage, and into the fabric of our lives, whether we live in a city or in, uh, you know, forested, you know, areas or natural areas. So one of the things that I do is I try to re- help people reconnect to their wholeness as, as beings, as human beings, and to create environments that attend to that as well, that, that our well-being and our, and our wholeness is, a, is an important part of our health. It's an important part of our productivity. Um, it's an important part of just how we can sort of design uh, lives individually and collectively that both produce, but also uh, foster wellness along the way. And so being in the surf, which, you know, I didn't start out uh, when I started surfing 50 years ago. <laughs> I was not uh, thinking about um, surfing as kind of a way of staying connected to the, you know, to wild nature, um, you know, and, and how to incorporate that sort of orientation to my life. I didn't think about it that way, but as I got older and realized that, you know, surfing was a, a very important practice for me and I didn't have words for it and nothing in the surfing literature really spoke to it as a sort of a practice and as a, a way of, you know, cultivating my own well-being, but also about learning about life. Um, it's a very complex zone. It's very dynamic. Um, it, you know, for example, uh, when you're out surfing, you're spending a lot of time in a kind of a receptive, open, uh, aware place so that you can detect meaningful patterns of energy that are emerging. And then you sort of act, you know, get real active, get real focused and get real precise on meeting that energy in, in, in such a way that you're able to you know, catch a wave, stand up and sort of get into a flow state. And I think that that's what it is to be inside organizations. There are, it's a complex sort of wild system, lots of complexity. You can't really understand it in its fullness, but you can feel in it. You can feel it. And you're basically needing to be present for and aware of what's meaningful and relevant. And then how do you organize yourself to meet that in a way that's generative? And I don't think we're educated to think that way or to approach our social life that way, our social systems. But if we bring that kind of alive in ourselves and we learn, I learned it through surfing and I think people can learn it through surfing and other kinds of 
recreation, other kinds of outdoor activity, even art, dance, music, those kinds of things, we develop a capacity that allows us to be aware of and responsive to what's needed. And so now, when you, in, in your work, I mean, I don't even know where to jump in there. Yeah. My mind's kind of spinning because <laughs> as I'm listening to you. Now, you're talking to a, someone who surfed once um, or tried surfing. It would be in Tof- yeah. Tofino, actually, cool. so on the West Coast. Ah. Uh, How'd you do? Vancouver yeah. Island. Well, I'll tell you how I started, where I was walking down the beach um, in my uh, wetsuit and my with my board, and I was thinking... Um, I was noticing people were looking at me. I was thinking, I must look pretty good, right? <laughs> and I caught up to my brother, and he looked at me and goes, Dave, you got your wetsuit on backwards, man. Ah, <laughs> I had to zipper up the, the front. Zipper the front. <laughs> oh, man. How cute. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah very cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, n- not trying to be one, right? Oh, so, um, But what I, what I learned is how physically demanding it is if you don't understand the mm-hmm. technique is kind of, yes. and I kind of, and for me, if I think of leadership, and I, I'm an executive uh, coach yeah. and I work with leaders, Ken. So, uh, and I have a passion for working with leaders, but, but not, mm-hmm. not, not fully understanding surfing. But I would say what I learned from that experience is, um, is there is an art to it and it doesn't, and, and the more, the harder I tried, the harder it was because I was, I was mm-hmm. working against myself almost, I felt. Well, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot from spending two days on the, in this pounding mm-hmm. surf about just how much more mm-hmm. I needed to learn um, just to, 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 because I was watching other people and they're doing it so effortlessly and I was like, well, what am I doing wrong? And so I, I yeah. often believe, I wonder if sometimes you try too hard, you know, or you push an idea mm-hmm. or a concept or something and, and, mm-hmm. and you don't let the kind of natural laws take over. So, so that, yeah, sure. that, that was just my experience, but like in my one experience and it's just, it's just coming to me as I'm talking, you know, but I, I, I can actually take myself back to that, that those two days yeah. and go, my That's goodness, awesome. it was hard. Um, so what, how do you, how do you incorporate some of this learning and, um, you know, or, or some of your experiences into your teaching? Because it sounds, and you do some really cool things around, um, you know, in terms of your work as a co-director of the leadership center at St. Mary's college. And, uh, you know, I understand from your bio here, associate professor in leadership. So I'd love to hear about that, Ken. Like what, what, how does that happen? How do you, how do you, how do you help those non-surfers well, understand this? Right. Well, some, first of all, some people always say, they say, wow, you're very laid back. But then when you act, you know, you act, you know, pretty kind of, uh, firmly, or there's a way in which it's just my own sensibility. I realize has, has, um, kind of evolved or been influenced by just writing waves. But I also tried, I mean, what you just said is actually really important. I can't tell you how many new managers, uh, people doing leadership, um, work, spend a lot of energy and not, not get anything um, sort of generative done. Mm-hmm. Because there's not a lot of people that are sort of mentoring or shepherding or helping people see that, hey, uh, you know, this is worth, um, you know, putting a lot of energy in and this is not. So a lot of times, and, I, and, and, and there's real um, consequences to people in roles of responsibility or who have, you know, um, opportunities to contribute to not fully um, manifest what they have to offer or to make uh, poor decisions or to spend all their energy doing things that don't go anywhere. Um, so that sensibility about where to put the energy and how is a really powerful uh, teaching in leadership. And so if you get that in one day, could guess what you would get if you spent 
you know, imagine what you could get if you spent time learning from that experience in writing ways over time. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that's, well, I don't, I mean, I use that metaphorically uh, when I teach. Um, there's actually, uh, I have actually put together workshops with people in leadership or for leadership development and surfing, literally getting wet. And I do, I have uh, some clients where we coach, where I do coaching. I do leadership coaching. Mm -hmm. And so here's this person out in the water mm -hmm. for an hour. Mm -hmm. We do a little one-on-one -on -one surf coaching. Then we come sit on the beach and talk about topics and how she can apply what she's learning into, you know, the, the work that she's trying to do. And, um, you know, do some work in between and let's come back out and let's go surfing. And then it's just, it's really interesting, you know, it's just a small little part of what I do, but it's a way of bringing my worlds together, but it's also a really enlivening way to go about learning. What, what um, a fabulous experience for the client. Like I would like, I, like I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just thinking, Ken, I, I'd like to sign up for that. I, I, I think, David, <laughs> I think you and I have to go visit Ken next time we're on the West Coast. And hey, or bring me out that way. Yeah, you know, you know, I, you know I love what unique places to surf. So. Um, you know what? Uh, it's really interesting, Ken. I don't know. I think I told you this last time we spoke, but I'm doing a film right now on our uh, on our Bay of Fundy surf surf scene, and it's ah. it's gonna be really poetic, oh. like oh. literally poetic, because uh, I've yeah. uh, I've hired a a, a poet to. Uh, check this out. You're gonna love this. Uh, to interview yeah. five of our surfers, um, and and Bay of Fundy surfers are different because it's really bloody cold. The tides are the highest on Earth, yep. um, which well. means our surf spot changes every two hours. Um, and outside of that, our waves are not great, but they're really good when they're good. But we know how mm -hmm. to. We're 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 satisfied with what the ocean gives us, mm -hmm. so it's a different type of community. Anyway, this yes. this poet is it has interviewed five of the surfers that I've that, wow, that's connected, and he's being inspired by their stories. He's going to write five mm -hmm. poems. I'm going to film him reciting these poems at a local coffee shop, mm. and that's going to be the narrative mm. to the film. Uh, what coffee shop? Uh, well, we're thinking about uh, yeah. You know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> I can't say I don't want to get everybody excited, but okay. it, the cool thing is like there's so much inspiration that number one surfers get from the water, but then the inspiration yeah. flows out further because yeah. uh, the poet is inspired yeah. by the energy yeah. from the surfer. I'm being Absolutely. inspired by the poet's words to get yeah. the images that I'm going to get. So it's this really it, it connects a little bit with what you're talking about, like really. Oh, it, yeah. it, well, absolutely. That's exactly what actually I'm talking about because it's it's like the waves. I mean, when you see a wave, the source of that wave and the energy of that wave comes from you know there's there's a long story there. It doesn't come local. You know, maybe in in, in wind generated waves, it's more local. But when you're riding waves, you're riding you know a, a whole chain of events that started at some distant time and place. And hmm. what you're writing is the end of the life cycle of that particular energy wave. And where does that energy go? That is well, cool. it goes inside the surfer. And then it, that surfer goes back on shore. And then it extends that energy into its relation. So, and then media just amplifies that. So it's exactly what you just talked about, especially with a poet. The poet works with the rhythm and patterns and ratio and, you know, the right feel for things. So you're actually, you know, poets are sort of surfing experience with, with uh, words. And so you're in, in spoken words. And so that's exactly what it is. And so this is why 
you know, we're so enamored with the ocean, with the, with the rivers, with, with bays and, and seas and the waves is because they speak to us about, I think, the way life unfolds at some essential way. So if we could access that and put it to a good use, and I don't mean in an instrumental way, I mean really more in a, in a, in a larger way, so that the things that you just said about what you appreciate, the gifts you get from a, from a session, you know, in the midst of all the challenges, that's the essence of surfing. It's not about numbers of, of best waves possible. That's a very industrial mindset to get, you know, maximize one or two variables, and then that's the full surfing experience. For me now at 60, you know, I, my best surfing was, I was, you know, was 40 years ago. So the value that I'm getting from the surf experience is in these sort of um, other, other kind, these broader values, these broader sort of dimensions. And that to me is a real secret to living and to working is to find the gifts and to um, feel the stoke that comes from engaging with those gifts and, and, and to, um, participate and to contribute to their to the generativity of, of life and through our work, through our lives or our relationships. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do is sort of put my worlds together by realizing that, oh, um, my orientation and things that I've come to learn has really been um, sourced uh, from writing waves. And all this time, you know, thousands and thousands of totally unproductive time five hours doing this and, you know, three hours doing that and a week going there where I get no fish, I come back with no money. I mean, I, I don't have anything productive in, in the sort of a conventional sense, but, but in this reflection that I'm doing in my project, I'm working on a book, which is called wisdom in the waves, but I also have a website and blog that I'm, that I'm starting to launch. I, I'm learning for my own self, how much, how productive that time actually was. Um, and so, you know, that's the, that's the narrative I'm, I'm exploring. It's for my own benefit in terms of putting my worlds together and integrating my own life. But it's also a way that I want to uh, share with others because, well, hell, why not? Yeah. Well, when did it, when did it, um, I guess this thought, you know, where did this thought emerge from? And, uh, you know, in this project, Wisdom uh, in the Waves and, you know, and, and this idea of, examining, you know, all that time spent and, yeah. and what it meant, like what, what, I guess, where did that start or what, what caused that okay. to happen? I'd be really curious. Well, I, I, I could, it's a clear, it's a powerful sort of uh, memory and story for me. It happened about 20 years ago. I'm in my early forties. I have a new daughter recently married. I'm, you know, moved into the community that I'm in now. I have a right livelihood is coming uh, into form of uh, something I've been working on for 20 years. Everything is starting to work as an adult. And I had let surfing kind of slip away through all of that for a couple of years. And it came back with a vengeance at 40. You know, I remember going to a surf shop, laying down my American Express because I had one at the time. Um, and I started surfing and it came back to me as if I was 14. And at 14, I let go of baseball, competitive swimming, girlfriends, drugs. I let go of everything when I was so committed to surfing. And but here I couldn't do that. I had to figure out if surfing, if I'm going to be a dedicated surf, surfer like I wanted to be, and I'm going to be an adult with all of these things that I had been aspiring to have, I had to figure out what it meant to me and how do I incorporate it. And so one story comes to mind. My daughter was 
five years old. She was not home from school that day for some reason. A friend of mine picks me up to go surfing. She's sort of crying, wants her dad. So we go surfing, and I'm like, oh, so totally torn. We get to the surf break, and I tell him I'm going to go home. And, and I remember writing in my journal because that's what I did. I wrote these experiences because I was trying to figure out, you know, my doctorate's in adult learning and development, and that's what you do. You reflect on experiences to try to make sense of it so that you can, you know, act skillfully. I um, went home. I wrote this thing that this was such the right thing to do to be with her. And then I remember at the end of this sort of po- uh, posting in, in my journal, I was actually handwriting at the time, I said, that was the best session of my life. Mm. surf session so then it became like living life was like you know riding the waves of life is really the way i framed it and that a session is one aspect of a bigger life and so i was in the right place at the right time in the right flow state by hanging out with my daughter and not surfing that day and so that was a huge shift for me about oh okay I need to widen the frame within which I'm understanding the surfing experience. And so I've been sort of doing that ever since. Well, okay. I, I love that. And <clears throat> last time you and I spoke, I left the, uh, because you, you and I were speaking in the car, I was in the car and I left the car yeah. feeling almost justified a little bit because you took that anxiety off my shoulders because Dave was explaining <laughs> to him that, you know, in my business, it's, it's tough to escape. But a lot of my, mm-hmm. my buddies who I go surfing with, you know, uh, a couple of them are firefighters and they have, you know, four days off, you know, four days You're off. Right. Other one, guys just have really flexible jobs and everybody's catching waves and I'm not. And mm-hmm. you, you get that f- the FOMO and FOMO, fear of missing out is, yeah. it's a very immature feeling, but it's one that I get for surfing. And you and I talked about it, Ken, you're like sometimes not surfing the wave or not getting out mm-hmm. for a session, but acknowledging it, owning it is actually just as important. Mm-hmm. Why don't you expand on that a little bit, yeah. Ken? Hmm. Well, what happened for me is that's actually was my biggest challenge. And, you know, get this. I am absolutely on fire of surfing. And, 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 um, and I just want, and I did. I surfed way more than I should have <laughs> for the responsibilities I had. But the point was that when I make a choice, like I did this morning, I'm teaching a class. I was in Toronto. I didn't get my work done. So I made this choice the morning to go online, respond to people's um, sort of postings instead of going to surf because today the waves are really good. And what I have to do is I have to experience the loss because I'm making a choice about two good things and I have to put them in a context. So I worked this, I worked myself this morning to think, okay, I'm going to give this up to, I can, and the reason I couldn't do the postings later today, cause I'm helping my daughter move. She's 25 now. And um, so that actually, I had to feel the loss of not surfing. So I had to keep my heart open to what I'm, what I'm gaining and what I'm losing. And in doing that, it helps me navigate it because if I'm not w- willing to grieve something that matters to me, like having a really good surf session, then um, I'm going to find, I'm going to get kind of funky ways of navigating this sort of life. I'm going to sort of, at what happened for me for at certain periods, I stopped surfing. And, you know, that just started to deaden my soul. And other times I've really um, shirked responsibility. And that doesn't feel good either. So if I keep my heart open and feel, be feeling, willing to feel the loss, then I'm actually, my heart's open for the sort of the joy and the fulfillment of what I am doing, not what I'm not doing. Uh, and so uh, actually that was a really key insight that helped me navigate, you know, solve the problem, not solve the problem, address the question 
how do I be, uh, live a full, whole, you know, adult life and be a dedicated surfer? And in the literature of surfing that I grew up in, those things are polar opposites. Oh, really? In fact, I wrote a paper years and years ago about the marriage of, of surfing and adulthood. And I called it Until Death Does Do Us. And, and, and what is it? Until Death Does us, Do Us Apart. Um, in other words, this question is one that will never get answered, but it will get either navigated or, let's use the surfing metaphor, written. For me, even just he- hearing you talk about that again, it, it, it makes me feel a lot better. It sounds crazy because there's <laughs> not, there's not a lot of things that I get that FOMO about. Um, like I'm not, uh, I'm not grieving, not going out and partying on weekends anymore because I, I really value mm-hmm. spending time with the kids and being at home. Like yeah. th- those things, mm-hmm. it's fine. You know, uh, I, I don't even FOMO missing out on an awesome mm-hmm. concert anymore, but when mm-hmm. it comes to when the waves are up, um, mm-hmm. It's 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 almost like a, a gift from God to have good waves in our part of the world. Yeah, well, it is a gift from God. Right, right. It is. I mean, from the Polynesian point of view, these are gifts. You're right. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah. And 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 so, but, but you know, what I'm trying to say is that that experience, I think, opens the, your your perception up to all the gifts from God on shore. And so, um, how do we ride those too? I love that. I can't wait for your book, Ken. <laughs> I, yeah, can I either. can I get a signed copy? And I can, can I be one of the first uh, yeah, first sure. projects? My gosh. <laughs> yeah, I hope you don't mind. It's on it's on a legal pad, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, you know what? What's interesting right now is now that I've uh, that I've really decided that this is what I'm doing for 2018. It's coming out, and I you know it, 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 it and I can't. It's almost like surfing again. It's like I can't control it. I just like things are just coming. So. Maybe it's coming sooner than I think, but I do, you know, I'm starting to kind of put it together in little pieces by, you know, uh, through this nascent blog that's just starting and, um, I'm, you know, trying to do it. And, you know, I do, I'm a teacher. I was a teacher before I'm a writer. So I do these, you know, I do workshops and coaching and stuff and I bring it out that way. But it's out of those experiences that I realize, just like, you know, filmmaking or poetry by the written word. Um, you're able to extend the stoke out <laughs> and the insights out in, um, you know, in concentric circles that expanded, uh, you know, much like waves do. So for people that are listening and they're saying, I want to, I, I want to learn more. I want to, you know, uh-huh. I want to interact with Ken. I want to, I want him to take me surfing and, and, uh, have some <laughs> coaching sessions on the, yeah. on the beach or, or whatever, uh, you know, whatever way that they, they could interact with you. How, how do they learn more about you? How do they connect with you? Well, um, you can go to wisdominthewaves.co, C-O, not .com. Um, so wisdominthewaves.co, there's a new sort of site there where I'm starting to put things there. It's not complete, but it's good enough to get uh, a more of a feel. And then, you know, I have a short and small little Instagram account, Wisdom in the Waves, where I do these uh, little one-minute meditations where usually they're of waves. <laughs> um, but that's the way you can contact me. I'm, you know, I have a few events that I do. I have one in Bali in uh, August. I have one in France in June, and I'm going to do one here locally. And yeah, I'm just, you know, I got a full-time job, and I'm. Um, this is kind of my retirement, <laughs> meaning not so much that it's going to pay me uh, a wage, but it's going to um, give me an avocation. So there's a really nice intersection here. I can. I'm still ambulatory. I can still stand up on a surfboard. Hmm. 
and I'm in a mature phase of my uh, sort of teaching coaching life. And so I'm trying to bring those worlds together. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, that's where you can find, uh, find out about that. It's called Wisdom in the Way. Love it. Well, listen, thank you for sharing your story. I'd yeah. Great. I, I, I'm, I, I'm listening. I'm doing more listening because I'm just trying to understand the world, and I'm fascinated by it. So um, I, I look forward to be more exposed to it. Um, and, 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 I, and, I, and Greg's I, just, he's, <laughs> oh, he's got the pit, oh, he's got it up right now. I've, I've got the Instagram up. I, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling because uh, right, right before we started recording, uh, Dave was uh, acknowledging that he doesn't have Instagram. I was like, that's amazing. I can't believe you don't have that. That's so good. <laughs> but anyway, I just, uh, I, love I just, I just popped on yours and I just followed yeah. it. Wisdom in the waves. It looks awesome. Oh, Ken. Cool. I, oh yeah. I, these look great. Cool. Ken, thank you for sharing yeah. this man. And when the, sure. when the book gets launched, let us know, we will um, sure. push and promote amongst our boiling okay, point community great. as well. And uh, yeah, we, we really appreciate you sharing, uh, sharing these, uh, uh, a very oh. exciting ideas with us. Yeah, well, thank you. It's a delight. All right, my delight friend. Let's 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 not be okay. let's not be strangers. And I want to get you... Please, let me know if you've got some time. We'd love to take you out in the Bay of Funday sometime. Okay. We'll <laughs> okay. do. All right. Take you care. can count on it. Okay. 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 Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, so listen, uh, you know what? It's... it's I kind of... You know, I think the thing that I'm really taking away from the, the conversation with, um, with Ken... And I actually did a lot of listening, more so than I would typically, because um, I wasn't sure kind of where to interject. To be honest, I, I pointed I was, to you a few times. I know because I was going, like, "Wow, like this is like I'm just trying to process all this." But you know, I, I really like that idea. And we had some guests on a couple interviews ago, but but just people like this next stage of your life, you know, that that transition period. I, I don't know if he's called retirement. I mean, I hear a lot of people call it just that, that transition to the next phase or the next chapter, but just the integration of, you know, kind of a passion and love and, and trying to find out how they intersect and just, you know, and, and making it work and, and understanding the loss side of it too. Yeah. Right? Well, and just that whole, like, so, you know, he, he's loved surfing and he's had this, it sounds like almost like a love hate relationship at times because he had to give it up and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and there's a whole surf mentality that I, I got, you know, like, probably like maybe the only way I could relate to is my, my passion years ago playing hockey maybe would be the, 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 the Well, it's, it's, it's very similar too, like for hockey, for skating. And yes, Dave, I actually am, I, I do skate. Uh, <laughs> but for skating, when I get into a rhythm, you know, and get, even in getting a little bit of a carve in, you know, it's, it's the same type of experience that you get when you get into that flow state on the ice. Mm. It's identical. Mm-hmm. The only difference about skating is you're using your human energy to, to push where in surfing, uh, the energy is there for you, and it's how you adjust to that energy. Yeah, you know, and um, uh, it's just a different type of experience. Well, and I, you know, it's, I, I watch this really cool um, documentary about um, one of the Gracie brothers in jiu-jitsu, and he he talks about all the lessons learned from from surfing and all these. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it just it's fascinating. But but this whole but for me, yeah, the intersection of you know kind of all your passions and how do you. How do you, how do, how can one play off the other and, and inform each other? So that yeah. was my takeaway. I'm inspired, man. I'm just, it's just the first time I saw, it was actually a friend uh, of mine, Derek, who uh, is a professor, was a professor at UMB, now is uh, working in Halifax. He met Ken at a conference, I think in Toronto, maybe. And he connected us and he was like, you two have to meet. Yeah. And I'm just so, I, lo- I love how this, this podcast has been facilitating relationships like that. Totally. And uh, it's great. So can't read, uh, wait to uh, read the book. For me, I think that, Every takeaway was every word that he said for me. I mean, like, what uh, the one natural one that I really liked was the fact that the energy of that wave 
uh, actually doesn't stop at the shore. Right. It continues. Yeah. Or, or within the surfer. Within the surfer. And it wow, makes sense cool. because yeah. the energy of that wave, you feel it on the inside. And it's that, that stoke in the flow sp- uh, state. Right when, the, when you start riding that wave, it's uh, undescribable what that feeling is. Uh, and that's that's energy. But now here I am telling you about it. Like it, it continues there. I love that concept. Mm-hmm. I think it's very cool. Okay, so that that's good. I'm ex- extremely happy. Now, speaking <laughs> about cool places in different parts of the world and surfing and whatnot, next week's guest, Dave, mm-hmm. be prepared. There is some very, very uh, incredible conversations about to happen with uh, good friend John Simon, who has a real unique approach to putting together travel packages for people uh, in, a, in a club, a club called uh, Kefi Travel Club. And I'll just leave it at that, but you and I both love travel. Yes. Uh, I think this is going to be really neat. In fact, I think at the end of next week's episode, you and me may want to consider organizing a Boiling Point Process live event travel package at some point, somewhere, perhaps somewhere where Ken is uh, in the surf. That would be fun. I'm just going to leave it like that, and we'll, we'll, we'll see how it percolates. Cliffhanger. <laughs> see you, man. Okay, man. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.